everyone! Welcome back to the Daytime Talks with ICM. I hope everyone is feeling okay and the weather outside is not hijacking your mood because today we celebrate the International Day of Happiness. We are already in March and usually the weather of those first months of the year affects our mental health the most. That's why today we'll talk about how to take care of your inner self, some healing and channeling, of course, to yourself and towards the things you love. We will also talk about the magazine Collective, so keep listening to hear more about this. And now the exciting part, my guest here today is the wonderful soul Christina Takova from ICM Year 2, who is also currently on exchange, so she's joining us from Milan, Italy. So, Kika, can you introduce yourself first? Hi, Steph. Yes, of course. So, um, as Steph mentioned, my name is Christina. I'm 23 years old. I am from Slovakia. And so, basically, I'm kind of an international soul studying in The Hague, but also doing the exchange right now in Italy, which I didn't expect to be as difficult as it is. (laughs) But, hey, we are here to challenge ourselves. Um, so maybe a little bit about me. I I love to read and write, uh, which I have actually discovered throughout the ICM. So yeah. And uh, of course, to start our conversation towards the topic, I wanted to ask you first, what is mental health for you? Well, uh, that's a very um, broad and complex question, I would say, because um, to be honest, For me, mental health or taking care of my mental health is a big part of my life as I do feel that it affects me in different parts, either just going from day by day or also thinking of what I want to do in the future. So for me, the mental health is some kind of basis, like as if you go to your GP to take care of your physical health, I do believe that it should be the same with the mental health as well. So it's like a a part of your whole so you're your person but your mental health is basically your part that is very important for your functioning so yeah well uh have you had a period in your life when the relationship with you and this like inner part hasn't been the best and how did you overcome it it's very funny because um how I got to know about the mental health is completely connected to where I actually hit the rock bottom. So I haven't really um, perceived mental health as a like an important part of my life until it actually became quite difficult to cope. And um, so basically, the mental health came into my life during high school. So basically, uh, in Slovakia, we don't have many resources about mental health. And I feel like throughout um, my childhood and also teenagers, it hasn't been talked a lot about. And it was always just touch upon in a little sense that, okay, like it is needed to kind of mention it because it's a law, like you, you should mention it at high school. Like there is this opportunity if you want to talk to someone like that, da, 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 da. But, you know, they always just sold it to us in a way that, ah, you won't need it, you know, or it was a lot 
like looked down on and you felt like you shouldn't be reaching out and you just felt like you are there for your own self to deal with this. <clears throat> so basically with the mental health or how I took care of it for the first time was that I needed to ask my parents if I could go to the therapist, obviously, because I couldn't pay for it on my own at that point. Mm -hmm. And I also felt like when I asked about it um, in a conversation, I felt ashamed and I felt like I was just disappointing them. So this was the idea of the taking care of your mental health in Slovakia. Like you are kind of supposed to feel ashamed. Like now it's a bit better, but when I was like 17, yeah, this was the situation. So that was my first kind of, uh, yeah, that was my meet cute with mental health caring <laughs> care system. And uh, so it was a bit of a rough start. But once I actually realized that you have the opportunity to go to your GP and tell them that something's going on, they can give you this kind of a receipt that you take to the therapist. And then your insurance is actually paying for it, which was a really nice and surprising moment for me that I don't have to actually pay a lot of money for it. Um, so that was good. But yeah, that was like, yeah, that was the first, that was my first experience with taking care of the mental health. But then, you know, like that was only the beginning and I didn't even know. It was, <laughs> those were long sessions with the therapist of finding out so many things about myself and I always went there with expectation of I don't know about and then this woman actually took out so much out of me that I was leaving with my tears on my cheeks but I didn't mind I felt so real you know I felt like I was just leaving the room with a clean plate like everything you know, like I always had the hope that we are actually getting somewhere because she was a specialist, like she knew what she was doing mm -hmm. and she was making me better. So that was, yeah, I would say that was around my, um, when I turned 18 and 19. So that was my, that was the first period that I, um, that I experienced the struggle. And then obviously, you know, like since then, I love to check up on my mental health once in a while, mm -hmm. even though that those first sessions were very intensive and it helped a lot. I have actually decided to go back to the specialist, to, the, to my therapist two or three more times for a certain period of time. And then when I came in the, um, in the Hague, I was very scared that I won't have her with me anymore. And, um, but then I researched some online resources, which I know that they are not really shared, you know, especially in Slovakia. I actually had um, a specialist from Czech Republic because nobody in Slovakia did it online for free, you know. Okay. It was mostly like private clinics doing it, doing the therapy. So I was very, I was just very grateful for the experience that I could still do it remotely. And then I also tried... Um, the school counselor at our university and that helped a lot as well so we did have uh six sessions that are completely for free and the university actually offers it for you mm -hmm. and it was just very nice you know to to just talk about whatever is going on mm -hmm. but recently 
the direction of how I take care of my mental health change a little bit of direction. I started feeling like there is still something, even though that there's been a lot of work already put into the mental health, but I, I was missing some kind of explanation. Mm-hmm. So I started kind of thinking of, okay, should we should I maybe do like a diagnosis and see how that will go? So this is my current state of trying to figure out that all the talk and maybe all the emotions that I'm feeling, there might be something that is triggering it. And I would love to take care of that part as well. Not that I would control it, but I want to take care of it in a way that I know my mind will be calmer. And yeah, just to know how to help it. I really want to ask you, like, because now you are in Milan. So do Mm -hmm. you like, what are the habits? you know, that make you feel better. Yes, uh, we've just discussed, you just mentioned that uh, you had those sessions and they really like help you clean out your plate, remove the weight out of mm-hmm. your shoulders a little yeah. bit. But now when you're even further o- away in a completely different environment, how you try to practice self-love and keep mm-hmm. your mind at peace? Do you have like specific habits that help you achieve that? Yeah, I I definitely won't lie, and this is why actually we are here to talk yes, about the truth honest. behind the whole <laughs> mental health struggle and taking care of ourselves. So I do feel that moving here for the exchange was uh, very overwhelming. I didn't expect it at all to be this much. And the first two or three weeks, I was telling myself that I should have stayed in The Hague because I had the consistency and comfort there. So uh, at the beginning, I really was struggling of trying to uh, create kind of routine for myself. And I also felt like I didn't, you know, like since I already had such a good connections in The Hague and the community that we talked about, I couldn't kind of connect with people. And again, I started feeling like I am such an outsider that you know like my mind started playing with me even more it started like kind of um just telling me that i'm strange you know mm-hmm. that uh i'm not fitting in i should be partying as the other people are partying i don't know if it's like i don't think i'm old all right mm-hmm. but i feel like i have partied enough <laughs> and i'm not the kind of person to go out that much and i have um i have actually seeing that um, other people couldn't understand it, how, you know, you're on your exchange, like, you should be having the best time of your life, like, enjoying everything. Like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, I love the food. I love the food, I love the culture in Italy, but um, sometimes the people here are too much for me, you know, very overwhelming, (laughs) very loud, very outgoing, and I just feel like a lost baby here. (laughs) I am just trying to, you know, like be calm <laughs> and um yeah and just go with the flow so i am mentioning this because of the mental health as well as mm-hmm. like the first thing i came here i was like okay what are the resources what can i do how can i you know what can who can i can i actually talk to if i have some struggle here mm-hmm. because obviously i don't have the the therapist from the hague anymore with me and um and uh, I haven't really found a good one 
online that I could still follow. Like I had the sessions before, but they kind of like they expired. So I couldn't take them anymore. And, and this was actually amazing and has surprised me a lot because I do have a friend from Italy that told me that the mental health issues are also looked down on here a lot. But the university, the first thing they did when we had the opening night, they gone through this whole presentation about what we should do, like you know, when it comes to the time, to the schedule and the, the, the courses that we'll be taking. And then by the end of it, they put on a call, this, well, not a school psychologist, but he has his own office, but he um, just cooperates with the school as well. And once or twice a week, he's at, at school and you can actually go see him. And he introduced the whole... Um, concept of his uh, of his um, just taking care uh, of the, the students and how he's there for us and we should reach out even if we don't feel like it's a real, real problem but like you know real problem and a really uh, abstract way of saying that it's always a problem if you feel like it's a problem it is a problem it doesn't have to be you know like uh, groundbreaking world-ending problem if if it's something that's bothering you you should go and speak to him or not that you should but if you want to he's there for you and i was i was just so amazed by it because this created some kind of you know very much of support that yeah you are on your exchange but here you go you have a person to go to and he genuinely cares. And so I did reach out to him afterwards. And I already had two sessions with him. Mm-hmm. I was very scared. I'm not going to lie. Because it was, you know, like the language barrier. They, like, Italians have strong accent. And it was also a male. Like, for example, mm-hmm. all the therapists before were female for me. Mm-hmm. So I had kind of prejudgment going in the office, to be honest. And I, I felt like me... I would feel judged a little bit from his male perspective onto my kind of thinking. But I can say that he didn't make me feel that way. Not during one of the the two sessions that we had. So I'm very happy about that, you know, that we had the resource that, um, and I know like I'm not the only one. We already talked about it within a group that other three girls have signed up for it. And he actually became so booked that he always tells me, okay, we'll have to keep this time slot because the other ones are full. So you'll have this one. And I'm like, okay, that will be my time slot then. Um, so I was really, really happy about this. And you should also embrace it at some point. I don't know. I really like this idea. First of all, uh, I just want to like uh, side note, as you mentioned before, like in the beginning of our conversation, like those things to to go to a therapist and discuss your problems you know like people put shame on it i think it's really unnecessary but i've noticed even when i was back home some of my classmates back in high school they would be going to a therapist because they had problems and they needed to talk it out loud they needed a professional to kind of communicate with them and they would keep it a secret they wouldn't say anything and i've noticed other classmates they would comment on that you know, like in a really mm-hmm. bad way. Yeah. So I really, like personally, I've never been to a therapist. I would love to go someday. Like if I really need to, 
to do it, I would do it because I'm happy that even in the university we have the possibility to do so with the counselors. But yeah. uh, to get back on the fact that it's okay to like not be okay, as you mentioned, I would really like would want to ask you like, do you have like an advice for the people like when it comes to nurturing your mental health? Mm -hmm. You know, speaking from your experience, of course, we are not professionals here, like both yeah, of us are yeah. students, but we have the experience, you have the experience, and that's why, you know, like, I invited you, so... Yeah, yeah, definitely, like, as you said, um, we're not the professionals, so this is not something that could work for everybody, and I just want to, like, really highlight that, that everything works differently for each person, but when it comes to the things that I do like to do is that um, I journal and I feel like that helps a lot if like at that point you can't really talk to someone about mm -hmm. something. And uh, I have to say that in many moments, I like before I actually become aware of the state that I'm in, like if I go into some kind of a little bit of depressive episode, I... Like, at first, I can't really put a name on it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I try to ignore it. And I have realized that this is very... Like, it, it destroys, you know, the whole idea of, mm -hmm. uh, like, um, kind of dealing with the situation and acknowledging the emotions. So I would, I don't know, I would, like, binge watch the TV series. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of it, then I would realize, like, oh, well, you know, actually, the emotions are still there. And now you still have to deal with them. So you could have done that before binge-watching the TV series as well. <laughs> and then you could just enjoy the TV series, you know. <laughs> so I would, I would really um, suggest to feel it. Like, I, it, it's, it hurts a lot. It also um, it makes you think that there is something wrong with you, with all those emotions, which never is. Because we are human beings and our brains are programmed in a way that we experience stuff differently. So, like, technically speak, speaking, there is never really wrong with us. It's just the way that we are, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's all about the social pressure again, yeah. as it always is. Uh, or, like, the social um, kind of confirmation. So, or what is, like, thought of the normal, you mm -hmm. know. Um, which like it never is normal like what what is yeah. that word what is normal no it's uh... um, so yeah then I would say like journaling to really um, like when you feel overwhelmed or um, like there is something wrong to sit down and go maybe through like a reading exercise I do believe that there are so many of them uh, that are also um, free online either on YouTube or on Spotify mm -hmm. There is also this uh, TV series or, or like a series on Netflix um, that actually um, guides you throughout the breathing exercises and brings you in some kind of meditation. So the meditation um, mm -hmm. and meditating would be also nice as well, because I feel like even though in some um, if if I do feel overwhelmed and I go into that, I want to ignore this right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like at some point I need to go back to those emotions 
mm-hmm. and feel them. And I have to like kind of embrace them and just sit down and maybe write it down, think about it and just stop. Like at that point, I know it's my survival mode and I cannot think about anything else. And that should always, I think it should be the case always because you can't really do anything else unless your mental health and your mental state is, you know, like is is all right for you. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't feel all right within yourself, in your mind, you won't be doing the things according to your authentic self in any mm-hmm. kind of direction. So, yeah. Okay. I think that's really yeah. well said. And it really makes a difference when you realize that you need to put your mental health as a priority. And yeah. just focusing on that before doing anything else. Anything else, yeah. And I really agree with that, that if you, even if you try to ignore it at some point, it won't be possible because it will come back. It always comes back. It mm-hmm. always comes back. Yeah. So yeah, of course. <laughs> talking about that, uh, I really want to know like how collective came into your life and mm-hmm. your mental health journey. And of course, just um, to finish up the questions, like, of course, for... Can you also share, like, if someone wants to join Collective, how they can do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's generally Collective? Like, what's their mission? What's their vision? What do you do there? And so on and so forth. Yeah. So, um, in a short, <laughs> a Collective, basically, I how I found out about it was um, through my friend. Because I told her that I would like to write, but I don't really know, like, where I should, you know, or mm-hmm. if I should, like, set up some kind of account or something. And then she she told me about the collective, and collective is a school magazine, but we also like to think about it as a community of writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so collective is really a place um, where we, we try to create a safe place for people who like you don't even have to be a writer you might just need to get something off your shoulders and in a creative way you just want to talk about some topic that really bothers you like for example if you if you feel like really angered about the i don't know feminist issues or social Mm -hmm. social problems um, but also something that comes within yourself, like we really are trying to make the platform for people who want to just get their voices heard, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, and the collective has actually two parts, the reporter and uh, collective thought. So the reporter is more like a journalistic kind of way, like you go into investigation, you have to come up with your research and argumentation as well. Mm-hmm. So someone actually wants to do journalism or try it out I think that's amazing opportunity to see how that would work for you and then collective thoughts is more on the creative um, uh, side where where it's more like philosophical also in a way that's what I always get from the uh, articles that I'm reading that like we're always asking questions and just trying to mm-hmm. make sense of everything that we're writing and um, I do have to say that in a way that also 
okay, you might feel like, okay, why should I, I don't know, write for a school magazine, right? Like, what that does that bring me? Mm-hmm. Once you publish your first article, you will see what that brings you. Like, you, even though that we might not have, like, such an outreach to, I don't know, like, many people in the Netherlands, but within the community that we have or the people that we share with, Mm-hmm. you get the feedback and once you get the feedback that's the more precious things that you know because it attracts the people that think the same as you do and that actually have the same values and appreciate your thoughts so it actually again creates you know the the kind of comfort of knowing that you're not in that or in those questions alone like you're thinking the same as maybe someone else and you're going through the same thing as someone else so I believe that for for me it's like it's part of taking care of my mental health that I can I can actually express myself in a creative way with the words. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, now I realize this also co- goes back to what we've discussed: just putting your thoughts out there and normalizing, yeah. and setting an example or fighting people finding people that feel the same way as you do and just making yourself visible, exposing your thoughts. Yes, Mm -hmm. I believe it could be really like, you know, you you could feel really vulnerable doing that. But uh, it's also a really nice thing to do because in the end, no one's alone. There is always someone that would feel the same way. And yeah, exactly. Personally, I, I really love what are you doing in the magazine because i also follow it i also read articles there so i really oh, i really you. know what you mean when you're saying that and i actually want to ask you like do you have an, a favorite article that you've written for the magazine like a piece that um, you it's like it's like having your, your favorite baby <laughs> you, you can't, can't say you have a favorite baby fair enough, fair but enough. <laughs> i would say that it might be the first one mm-hmm. because i did feel uh, a lot of rage and anger at the point and i and i just felt so calm by the end of it and when i when i read it i actually felt like it it was just summing up the whole just my experience of how I was viewing the whole situation that I was in at that particular moment. Mm -hmm. And then I have realized, like, as I told you, like, actually people did reach out and told me like, oh, yeah, wait, like, I'm from Hungary. And I have the same kind of problem of being my my authentic self Mm -hmm. within a country and culture that, like, feels so oppressive in a way that there are the standards or, like, stereotypes, you know? So I, I just felt so relieved getting that out mm-hmm. because yeah. yeah i get it i get it <laughs> well um lastly because <laughs> we know each other i know you are writing poems so yeah. to wrap up the episode i would ask you like do you mind sharing one of your poems pieces your favorite one of your favorite pieces today with us of course, <laughs> of course I can. Uh, it might not be like my <clears throat> favorite favorite, but I would say that this one is like one of the recent ones that I just really 
I can just like feel myself from it or mm-hmm. yeah it might not be my favorite baby but it's the one that hits the heart right now okay. <laughs> for okay. me so I might yeah so whenever share that ready. one yes okay it's called charades how broken was she to seek out the darkness ignoring the light in people and their kindness Perfection blurred her vision, comforting the wrong people, not realizing she had a greater mission. Satisfying others, though fooling herself, those were her ambitions and not of her mother's regrets. Step by step, getting closer to perfection, she realized what she saw in the mirror wasn't indeed her reflection. They asked her, Who are you? Expecting an answer, full of degrees, achievements, and relations. But she steals their breath with words of greater death, telling them she's none of the things she achieved, rather emotions and values she kept. So that is it. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. I mean, I, I love reading listening to her poems as always i don't think i i can say no, more than you. that you know and um well thank you so much Kiko, for for being oh, here thank today. you for having me and of course that you opened yourself you know uh about this topic so i'm yeah. really i'm really happy that uh you were the guest for this particular topic and I loved having this conversation with you as always. Like I love talking with you. And thank you so much. Yeah. With that... I, I really do feel honored to be here <laughs> and to talk about this topic with you. So it means a lot. Thank oh, you. I'm happy. Wow. <laughs> with that, uh, we're putting end to today's episode. Thank you for spending uh, those several tense minutes with us (laughs) i wish you an amazing and mentally sunny day don't forget to practice self-love take care of your inner self and be aware of your feelings don't ignore them prioritize them lots of lots lots of love from me to you guys and see you very very soon bye bye